Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 68 of the Adventure Games Podcast. This week, Laura, Thomas and myself will be going fishing with the night fisherman. We will go on a short hike. We will go in search of the Hand of Glory. And finally, we will have Gone Home. We will also have a hopefully final discussion on whether 3D works in adventure games. Spoiler, it does. But first, let's get to the news. Speaking of games in 3D, a new trailer for Beyond the Steel Sky has just been released. Union City. I've been away so long. Now I was back. The city looked different, beautiful, peaceful, happy. I was hoping to meet you, Mr. Grundy. My dear husband is back. Is everyone feeling aspirational today? But I was on the trail of a child, brutally abducted from his village. Beware! Demons stalked the cat by night. What's happened, Foster? Where's my son? And nothing in this city was what it seemed. Luckily, I wasn't alone for long. Foster! What the hell kept you? Together, we tracked the missing kids. A trail that led to the true darkness at the heart of Union City. In this trailer, we see some new scenes and we get a glimpse of Joey the Robot, which is always nice to see. The game, in my opinion, looks better now than in the early screenshots. We still have no release date, but we will let everyone know as soon as we find out. Keep an ear out also for a special episode on Beyond the Seal Sky coming very soon. Don't Nod, developers of Life is Strange, also released a new trailer for their upcoming game Twin Mirror. Basswood is many things. Peaceful tops that list. Until that day. You're the one in the driver's seat, Sam. I can't make you do anything. Coming back to Basswood was your idea. Just try and make sure you don't do anything stupid. I know you think that the only thing waiting for you down there is her. You might be right. The good news, though, at least you don't have to do it alone. This game was originally supposed to be released in episodes in 2019, but the developers have instead decided to release it as a single game in 2020 for PC, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. We will also have more news on this game as we get it. There have also been some games on crowdfunding sites. First, Into a Dream is on Indiegogo. 
This is a story-driven, atmospheric adventure game about love, hopelessness and depression, where you delve deep into the dreams of a man diagnosed with depression. You need to find the man lost within his own mind, unravel his story and help him to take the first step towards therapy. Oh my god, what, what the hell? Luke. Where's Luke? It's been exhausting. It feels like a dream, to be honest. He is always so distant, like we're not even there. Like we don't exist. He doesn't talk to me. I can't take it anymore, Mum. Luke has been diagnosed with severe depression. John, your job is to track Luke and liberate him from whatever oppressive thought is weighing down on him. Can you please leave me alone? I'm not feeling very well. No! No! This light, this light proves he's still alive. There has to be something alive behind all this darkness. There has to, and I'll find it. I can't listen to it and go through all that pain again. The pain's killing me. Stay away! This game is being developed by Felipe F. Tomas. He promises an emotional and heartbreaking narrative with complex real characters and relationships based on real-life experiences who are fully voiced and with a beautiful original soundtrack and dreamlike atmosphere. The developer is also partnering with Checkpoint, a charity that provides mental health resources for gamers and the gaming community. You can hear my interview with the developer next month, but in the meantime, you can back this game on Indiegogo. This game will be out at the end of July. The second game on crowdfunding is Saint Kotar, which is now on Kickstarter. In this game, you follow the frightening tale of Benedek Donani and Nikolai Kaliakin as they try to find the truth behind a macabre series of murders and strange phenomena, allegedly related to devil worship and witchcraft. Your actions and words affect the storylines you experience and the characters you meet as you follow the shadow of something deeply hidden behind the town's dark past. Saint Kotar is a 2.5D point-and-click adventure game in development for Windows, Mac and Linux. The game draws inspiration from different types of masterpieces in the horror and detective genres such as Broken Sword, Gabriel Knight, Black Mirror, The King in Yellow, True Detective and The Witch. You can hear my interview with the developers of this game next week, but in the meantime, this game is out on Kickstarter now, and a free prologue, The Yellow Mask, is out now on Steam. Rainswept was one of my favourite games of 2019, and the developer Arman Sandu of Frostwood Interactive has announced his new game, Forgotten Fields, which has been on Kickstarter since last Monday. This is an atmospheric game set in a warm coastal world with a story about nostalgia, creativity and the passage of time. Visit old friends, relive memories and experience bursts of inspiration as Sid travels back to his childhood home one last time before it's sold off. I will be releasing my interview with Arman Sandu this coming Monday 
But in the meantime, you can find out more details about the game and back it if you so wish on Kickstarter. Whateverland, a grotesque Burton-style adventure, has been announced for Kickstarter as well. This is a hand-painted point-and-click adventure game with a branching dialogue system, non-linear gameplay, various endings, and unique in-game turn-based strategy sports simulator. This game is being developed by Caligari Games, and you can back it on Kickstarter now. And finally, the Kickstarter for Desolatium is out now. This is a new Lovecraftian graphic adventure with hyper-realistic graphics in 360 degrees, ambisonic audio, and multiple endings. This game has already been funded, but the developers, Superlumen, are hoping to reach some more stretch goals so you can check out their game and back it if you wish on their Kickstarter now. Now to new games announced. Ragnar Tornquist and Red Thread Games, developers of The Longest Journey, Dreamfall, Dreamfall Chapters and Drogon, have announced their new game, Dustborn. In this game, you lead a band of misfits and outcasts on a perilous road trip across a divided state of America, in a story-driven action-adventure about hope, friendship, love, robots, and the power of words. The unique selling point of this game is that you fight your pursuers with weaponized words and you use wordcraft in conversations to manipulate people with the power of disinformation. This game is set to be released in 2021 and you can wishlist this game on Steam. Studio Visbin, developers of The Inner World, have announced Lost at Sea. This is a game about life. It's about the journey we all take and the monster we all face. Set on a beautiful island, you will fight death and fear to remember the moments that connect us all and make life worth living for every one of us. This first-person 3D game is set to be released later in 2020. From Cyberpunk Studios' narrative adventure, The Fabled Woods has just been announced. Despite the picturesque beauty, ugly and terrible secrets lurk among the shifting bows darkness that no amount of dappled sunlight can erase. Take the first step and experience an unforgettable journey. I came here looking for my son. There are no animals here, but there are bones. Something's out there watching me. Why won't anyone listen? any sense. Why was I so stupid to trust them? The bones were everywhere. Like the body was torn apart. I just wanted to find my son. This fully voiced, puzzle-free, death-free game inspired by games such as Gone Home and Firewatch is set to be released later in 2020. Alter Ego Games, developers of Woven, have announced their new game Sanity of Morris, a psychological horror adventure where you want to discover clues but can't risk exposure to the light or you'll be caught. It tells the story of a young man trying to stay sane in search for his father, consumed by conspiracy theories about the government and alien signals. 
What was that? some crazy stuff to the body and you hit your head badly. You're spooked. That's all. God, I can't handle this. Get away from here. They'll kill me. They'll kill me this time. Oh shit. Voicemail. Anyway, I really think you should come over here. We could do some real stargazing with that old telescope of mine. I have just the spot where we could go. It's really in the dark, but it's amazing what one can see there. I know you were afraid of the night as a little kid. So, maybe bring a flashlight or something with you? Say hi to Barbara for me, will you? Drive safely. This game is set to be released later in 2020, but in the meantime, you can wishlist and download the demo on Steam. And finally, for text adventure fans, Unmapped Pat, founded by Chris Klimas, creator of Twine and Joel Haddock, have announced the upcoming release of their first title, Night in the Unpleasant House, a twisted tale of loss, revenge, local politics, and pseudoscience, among other things, Night is a branching work of interactive fiction, playable on iOS devices. It's been 10 years since your father disappeared after learning a dark secret about his boss, the town's mayor. During their night exploring the house, players will try to uncover the secrets the mayor has tried to bury and find out what happened to their father. Or maybe they won't. Perhaps they'll instead befriend the mayor and fully entwine themselves with his cruel reign. With 13 different endings, the choices they make will determine the player's ultimate fate. This game is set to be released in June 2020. That's it for the news this week. Before we get to the reviews of Thomas and Laura, I wanted to talk about The Hand of Glory, a new game which I just recently finished. But first, here is a trailer for the game. The leading story dealt with the disappearance of a young girl. A teenage victim, Catherine Mulsberg. The killer was giving me an appointment in a West Miami alley. But that wasn't the most absurd thing. The most absurd thing is that I'd probably have gone. Lazarus Bundy in my place. You are Lazarus Bundy? I was the detective who flushed out all the cruelest and smartest criminals on the East Coast. Seriously? Uh, what's your name? I'm Alice Sharp, the new intern. Kinesics is a science that studies body language. It helps me understand if a person is being honest. Maybe that girl could really be useful to me. Catherine had no enemies. She had the sunniest smile I'd ever seen in my life. Catherine was a very joyful girl. Everybody loved her. The Mulsberg case is hiding more than it seemed in the beginning. 
Sitlalikwe. The word itself is a proper name of an Aztec deity. It seems to be a ship anchored in Miami right now. It was like holding something alive. I could sense its power running through my veins. I couldn't leave that girl to her destiny. Somebody is not happy with the progress we're making. Many influential forces are at work in this story, Mr. Bundy. No way I'll give up. Just hear me, kid. You can't work anymore. It's not redemption you need now. I was going to be alone for the last time. Catherine Molesberg must be found, and her kidnappers brought to justice. Look for my symbol. So, as anyone who listens to the podcast knows, Broken Sword to Shadow the Templars was my very first adventure game and remains my favourite game of all time. Everything from the story, the characters, the writing, the puzzles and the graphics have left a lasting impression unlike any other game I've ever played. Clearly I'm not the only one who still has infection for this game, as last year Madit Entertainment announced their first game, The Hand of Glory, was to be inspired by Broken Sword. On June 9th, 2020, the first part of the game was finally released. Is this game a glorious release? Well, let's find out. So, from the outset, you can see that this game is indeed heavily inspired by Broken Sword. We have a wise-cracking main character who needs to travel the globe in order to solve a mystery and stop a conspiracy that could have a devastating consequences for the world. The main character also speaks in the past tense whenever you interact with an object or hotspot, much like George Stobart did. You even hear bells ringing whenever you find a clue similar to Broken Sword. But while this game is indeed heavily inspired by Broken Sword, these similarities are mostly cosmetic, and crucially, the game has its own identity, which prevents it from being just another Broken Sword clone. So, in the Hand of Glory, you play as Lazarus Bundy, a once famous Miami police detective. Having just failed to capture the serial killer known as Blowtorch, he comes across a newspaper story about a local missing heiress named Catherine Mulsberg. Hoping that this can help revive his career, he sets out to investigate the disappearance and hopefully find the girl before it's too late. Needless to say, things escalate from there as we meet evil villains and we come across a mysterious object that could shape the future of the world. The story zips along and kept my interest all the way through. The dialogue sparkles and doesn't overstay its welcome. The game's tone remains light throughout, while the story itself is fairly serious. We also meet some wacky characters such as a conspiracy theorist, a kiosk owner who pretends to be a Frenchman, and a very strong but stupid goon and his rather psychotic mother who you need to escape from a few times throughout the game. While some characters are simply there to help move the story along, other characters play a surprisingly major role in the game. There are some nice twists along the way that should keep the player guessing. This is just part one, as mentioned before. 
So by the time we get to the end, the story doesn't get resolved. The developers mentioned that the reason they split the game into two parts was story related as they wanted the ending of part one to sit with the players for a while rather than jumping to the next scene immediately. While the ending was certainly surprising, it did seem to come very suddenly with little warning and it's a dramatic shift in tone that the game possibly doesn't entirely earn. Some more hints throughout the game may have helped prepare for the tonal shift but here's hoping this is addressed more fully in part two. In this game, we also meet an intern named Alice Sharp, who agrees to help us with the case. She mostly serves as a type of Google, as she helps find out more information on locations or other characters that we come across. There is great chemistry between the two characters, and there is an amusing running gag where Lazarus continuously attempts to guess why she has a single lock of grey hair. We also get to play as Alice where we learn she's studying kinesics, which is a study of non-linguistic bodily movements such as gestures and facial expressions. In the game this is put to good use as we observe the characters closely and use that in order to get what we want. For example we may see a character fidgeting so we can tell him that if he helps us we can help him calm down. This was especially interesting and it's just a pity we didn't get to play as Alice more often. Again, hopefully we will play as Alice more in the second part and developers have confirmed that we will indeed play more as her in part two. The game is typical point and click which is intuitive and easy to navigate. The exits are clearly marked and there is an in-game notepad which helps to keep track of your objectives. You can also click on the inventory icon at the bottom left of the screen and it's never intrusive. You can also see all the hotspots available if you hit the space key, which quite frankly all adventure games should have. You can also save at any time except for cutscenes. The puzzles are usually the traditional inventory combination type with just the right amount of difficulty for the most part. Unlike in other adventure games, you usually know what you need to do and you just need to figure out how to do it. The puzzles are creative but logical at the same time and there is never any moon logic that has plagued so many adventure games. There are also a few logic type puzzles which are more difficult. For example, one involves a bingo card, another involves a piano and another involves moving some chess pieces. Thankfully, they are fair. And while one or two of these took me a little longer than I would have liked, the solution to the puzzles is usually simpler than you think. You have everything you need in the game and you don't need to learn how to play the piano or chess in order to resolve the puzzles. That said, a type of hint system would have been nice in particular for more casual players who may find these puzzles frustrating. The voice acting is of a good quality. And the voice actors of Lazarus Bundy and Alice Sharp in particular do a great job portraying their characters. Likewise, the orchestral music really helps the game come alive with a really catchy theme tune and suitably tense and relaxing music when appropriate throughout the game. The game also features beautiful and detailed 2D hand-drawn graphics. There are some beautiful cutscenes and the game also has a hotspot finder which removes pixel hunting. The entirety of this game is set in Miami, which allows the artists to demonstrate their artistic skills on diverse locations, which range from 
Miami City Center, the police headquarters, and a hut by the swamp. Part 2 will be set in Italy, so I'm looking forward to seeing what locations we visit there. This game took me about 10 very enjoyable hours to play, which is more than a lot of other adventure games, especially since there is more to come very soon. While the ending had a rather dramatic tonal shift, Alicia may have been slightly underused, and a hint system may have been welcome for some of the more challenging puzzles, these are all very minor nitpicks in what is an otherwise truly excellent game. Since this is just the first part of the game, it's difficult to know exactly how good the game will end up being. We will find out when the second part is released later in September this year, whether this game can indeed become our adventure game of the year. But for now, with the charming 2D graphics, gripping story, puzzles with the right amount of difficulty and creativity, and beautiful soundtrack and high quality voice acting, part one is highly recommended for any fans of the genre. So that was my review of The Hand of Glory part one. Part two, as mentioned, is set to be released in September, so you can expect a full review by then. And now, here are Thomas and Laura. Well, I am joined as always by Thomas Bex and Laura Cress. So, hello, people. How are you? <laughs> hello. Hi, people. Hello. It's uh, Hi, well. folks. Hi, Questers. <laughs> well, here, here we are again. Another two weeks have gone by. Uh, and uh, a lot has happened in the time since we last recorded it. Um, it, it seems like this is a very, very... So one case a very long year, yeah. But um, it's but because then I just uh, told told a friend of mine. I said, "Can you believe that uh, bushfires in Australia were this year?" And oh was, man, that was <gasps> January. At me, that was January. From, that was twenty twenty. Went from bad to worse. Oh gosh, wow! That that's crazy when you think about that. That it's, seems like another year ago. I mean, at, at at this stage, I would not be surprised if the four horsemen of the apocalypse literally came down. I would nearly welcome them at this stage. They basically have. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, two two weeks ago in our review episode, I mentioned that um, at the top of the episode uh, about the Black, uh, Black Lives Movement, Black Lives Matter movement, um, because that restart occurring, we record one week in advance. So let's see what will happen next week. But again, I think it's important to kind of address it now, what's happening in, well, in the world, particularly in the US, but this has spreads around the world. And um, now we'd have some links because I mentioned two weeks ago that PC gamers had an article with some advice, with some places, first of all, which you could donate if you wished. I also had some reading material if people wanted to, well, educate themselves, and they also had some advice, some links and advice on how to protest safely, which I think uh, would be useful for everybody around the world. And Laura, you were mentioning a Twitter feed as well that people might be interested in. Yeah, definitely. So this is a UK one as well. It's called Black Girl Gamers, uh, which I've been aware of uh, previously, and it's basically sort of how they've portrayed it is heightening black women's voices in gaming. So it kind of encourages, they've got like a Twitch stream of black girl gamers and it kind of just highlights, um, you know, what it says in the tin, black girl gamers. But yeah, you can follow them on Twitch. Uh, they're on Twitter as well. And it's just kind of 
encouraging that side of it it's not just uh gamers but obviously developers um so anything kind of related to that industry obviously women who maybe sometimes don't get as much of a of a sort of spotlight in the gaming world although that's changing um and uh black women in particular so it's just kind of highlighting those voices and yeah they've got a really good twitch stream as well which they um like play lots of different games um so yeah it's, it's worth a follow and just checking out either on on twitter or on twitch very nice yeah definitely uh think we can get behind that and then at adventure x uh, two years ago, uh, I believe her name was Chella Ramanan. She gave a very interesting talk about, um, well, Afro tourism, I believe, or Afrofuturism and uh, black protagonists in, in games. And she spoke about that then as well, which was very, very interesting. And um, also, there was a bundle. Now, by the time this episode goes up, it probably won't be available. But on itch.io, I believe all three of us got it. It had. Uh, was it over 750 games? Oh, and it's 1,500 now. Over wow. 1,500 oh, content. Yeah. Wow. So it's, I just checked it like right before we went uh, we went live, and um, it's now over. It's f- over 1,500 pieces of content of all kinds of stuff. And if you bought it before, you still get all that uh, content because when we bought it, uh, it was 760 or something. Mm. And so it doubled in the meantime, and I think um, they are they are raising uh, money for the NAACP, if I'm not mistaken. And um, they are now, and I'll quickly open that site to see what the amount is at this recording. So that's the bundle for racial justice and equality. They are aiming for a five million dollar goal they are now at 4.92 million dollars and that is um with four days and 11 hours left uh there are some very 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 interesting uh games demos um i see here uh, 2064 read only memories uh Mm. oxen free is in there overland uh that's just Three games that by itself are already more than you have to pay, uh, worth more than you have to pay for this bundle. So go out there, get this, uh, get this well, bundle, and uh, well, probably uh, won't serve a good cause <laughs> if you haven't. Oh, yeah, of course, because by the time this comes out, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you never know, they out, may extend it, they may extend it. Hopefully, but, they will. Uh, but I want to give a shout out to, to all of these developers, uh, in any case. I mean, there are some, not all of them are adventure games, but there's some really interesting games. As you mentioned, Thomas, there is also Night in the Woods, there is Celeste, there is Overland, and uh, again, plenty of games as well. I mean, this bundle would, I mean, all of these games together would normally, because this could have cost like over, it's, well over a hundred or I think thousand, they said three, almost, almost three six, almost yeah. six thousand dollars yeah. in value now. Um, so hopefully it can be extended uh, by the time this episode. But if if not, then thank you to all the developers for doing this. And then finally, before we move on to uh, adventure game reviews, I will also include so there's an article which also talks about uh, the most interesting uh, well, black protagonists in games. And of course, one of them is, who is probably my favorite protagonist in any game. It is Clementine from The Walking Dead. So um so yeah so really well written character 
Yes, yes, uh, most definitely. So, um, so now, bef- again, before we get to the reviews, and I was, uh, again, on Facebook on one of the point-and-click adventure game groups, there was a poll that one person did. And now the question was, what was the worst adventure game that you play? Now, I'm not going to name any games, you know, certainly not recent games, but there's some interesting um results uh there's some games mist? like yes mist was up there uh okay. such a surprise such a surprise right <laughs> not to us uh, <laughs> well i don't have it right in front of me but i know that escape from monkey island of course that yeah, uh, gets in there bitch, doesn't it? yeah and the dig was also included a lot of people included that and um, now the number one game that was the worst according to people, the worst um, point, of, well, not point click, but worst adventure game was Leisure Suit Larry Box Office Bust. And from what I've read about it, I was like, yeah, I don't think I'll ever be playing that game. It got some terrible reviews. And Allo himself uh, wasn't happy. So when I spoke with him, you know, he's saying that they didn't really include what was so good about the Larry games. And um, But I'm surprised so many people played it. But the probably, it's probably yes. something to do with like when um when you have a really good movie and mm-hmm. then the 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 sequel is not good but everybody went to see it because they did not know yet that it wasn't good do you probably, understand yeah. what i mean uh yes that a lot of people probably bought it because of the name now Allo yeah. was not involved in that game at all or magna cum laude and uh, or the most recent game, but the most recent game I believe was much better. <laughs> that um, oh yeah, but, I played yeah, but, that one. That one was pretty good. That that was better, yeah, because they had you know what was good about Leisure Suit Larry. But interestingly, in second place of the worst adventure game ever made was all games in 3D, <laughs> which I find really depressing. <laughs> what? That's ridiculous. What a in the year- generic rubbish statement. Yeah, well, I was about to. I was about to. Now, I I don't know if this was included as a joke, but I was about to ask you guys um, your thoughts on this. Um, that this was second place. That in the year twenty twenty, that people who voted in this poll, adventure game players, still think that all games in three D basically suck. <laughs> are well, terrible. It's just such I a just... boring, tired statement from people yes. who don't understand adventure games and just can't be bothered. <laughs> That's my I, I, take on it. <laughs> I mean, I would agree. I mean, for, I mean, I have no problem with people who prefer games in two D to three D. I mean, no, I same. completely understand that, but it is getting tiring listening to people completely dismiss adventure games in three D because oh, it, they always use Escape from Monkey Island, Simon the Sorcerer three D, or Gabriel Knight three. Those three games people always use. To basically beat 3D with, and how and those old games, are these games now? Exactly, over and twenty like, years why, ago. On any other sort of t- genre of, of of or subgenre, you wouldn't like choose three games and be like, "Well, because these three games suck, then the whole rest of the genre is yeah, but it's terrible." It, it's funny, yeah, because because if you talk about first person shooters, a lot of people are saying, "Yeah, Goldeneye was one of the best ever." Trust me, if you play Goldeneye now. Oh. You it can't. is I tried not to. good. The controls are bad, really bad. I've never it, played it. Looks it, terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's it, 3D. Yeah. It looks terrible, and it's just it's it's very difficult to control. You can't. I don't know how people managed it. I I remember playing it back then, and I thought it was great, but now it's impossible. 
I never actually played it, but yeah, it's just well, weird that, that people like <laughs> I have plenty of other games to play to keep me yeah. occupied, but it's just weird because then on uh, I think that Facebook group, there was another person who uh, wrote a very, shall we say, reasonable, balanced <laughs> comment. Basically, it was an expletive ridden swear. <laughs> Most of it was swears, actually. Basically, of like, F you, LucasArts, Escape from Monkey Island sucks. We all think the same. And how dare they do this? It was awful. Long live 2D and 100 exclamation marks. <laughs> yeah, but how, <laughs> how sad is it that you get so worked up over a game that maybe wasn't very good from 30 years ago? Mm. 20, 20 years ago, yeah. yeah 20 years 20... or 25 years ago. It was, it was last century, come on. Yeah, I mean, I had issues with that game. I mean, if you want to talk about Monkey Combat, I did not like that. I think that was ill advice to put in. And sure, I think one of the reasons might be because Curse of Monkey Island, and then with Gabriel Knight as well, and Simon the Sorcerer, they, the first few games, or first games, had beautiful 2D pixel art graphics, which a lot of people love. But I don't, certainly with Escape from Monkey Island, I don't think the graphics were that bad. It's not as nice as maybe Curse of Monkey Island or the first two Monkey Islands. But I, I just don't get this, for me, irrational hatred that some people seem to have because they're way worse games. Instead, it's not the best Monkey Island. It probably would be in my top 10 adventure games. But I, I don't hate it. And I don't think it deserves this hatred. <laughs> that people seem to have and but then if you know people still think that 3d uh it doesn't work in adventure games what i would tell people is check out return of the obra din which is 3d and you don't even notice it's 3d um firewatch you know, firewatch heaven's heaven's fault psychonauts gone home exactly yeah which we'll talk about later and um nick bounty I mean, which there's many. Nick Bounty was released this year, which I played again, and it's in black and white. It plays well. It looks really well. And again, you don't even notice if it's in 2D or 3D. So I think that's that's enough time that I think we should give to this topic. You know, that's hopefully the last we'll, we'll hear. Amateurs, but complete amateurs. <laughs> well, no, I let's, mean, I... let's end this discussion by welcoming everybody into the 21st century <laughs> and judging uh, the games that come out now by their merits and by the by the game itself and not by its trailer. So, uh, come on, guys, it's more past. It's funny, guys. Come on. Well, sp speaking of that, the final thing I'll say is: Have you guys seen the new trailer for Beyond Steel Sky? Yes. It's uh, now we'll probably it's have 3D. Yes, actually, people were talking about it. Um, and I mentioned that when I saw this trailer now, this latest trailer, that it looks better than the early screenshots and early videos. And I thought it looked well. Those ones did look well as well. But then I saw again, some, now again, these on Facebook, they seem to be the most hardcore uh, adventure game players. So I don't think they're representative of the majority of players. Um, but some of them were saying, oh, I'm not feeling it. It looks like a Telltale game, which I think is not a problem if it does. But they're saying... Is, oh, that, I a, think is that supposed to be an insult? Be an or? insult? Yeah, yeah I don't so, get that either. <laughs> and so, someone said, uh, oh, I think they should go pixel art with this game. I don't know why they're going 3D. And I say, one person said, nah, I'll, um, I might get it when it's on sale for a dollar. <laughs> I'm sure Revolution are concerned. But, uh, now, I, I don't believe this is representative of the majority of adventure game players, but just want to point it out there, there still seems to be some people who are resistant to 3D in adventure games. But yeah. 
Um, anyway, that's I think that's all that you know that we'll talk talk about uh, this topic. So, but yeah, um, that Beyond the Steel Sky looked very very good, and uh, I think this is going to be a day one buy. Oh, oh yeah, no, I I haven't played it. I know you've played it, Laura. I don't know it. You know it it might still not turn out great. Hopefully it won't. Hopefully it turn out to be really good. You know, I but, I had a couple of concerns hmm. from the demo, but uh, from the preview, but it there was bits of it that gave me hope that you know that hmm, would override exactly. it. I was glad in the as you say in the trailer there were new scenes that weren't shown in the preview because I was like, oh god, if they're just going to show scenes again that I've seen in the preview, I'm going to be thinking, where is the rest of this game? But they did show new new scenes. Um, they showed uh, Joey who who turned up. Um, which you you may know if you've played beneath, yes. um, but yeah. So I'll, I'll be the one thing is with three D, it is sometimes I think it's harder, you know, you know, because you're, you're having to animate a lot facially. Sometimes it's harder to get that kind of emotion right. and expression, yes. and that's what, what sometimes make three D games feel a little bit dead. Maybe sometimes, which was the issue right. I think with Escape a little bit, as well as other things like Mon- Monkey Combat, but. If they could, and I did feel that a little bit sometimes when I was playing Beyond, but I'm just hoping there'll there'll be enough going on to kind of fill that, and the fact that you you have got this whole other space to wander around in. Hopefully, I you know hopefully they just take their time with it because I, I still even on that trailer they didn't say when it's coming out. I don't think no, no they said coming yet. soon. So they're building up the tension a bit, but not yet. We don't have a date yet. I mean, c- coming soon could be in two months yes. next year. They've done <laughs> well yeah, there. Yeah. They've been very vague with what that means. But yeah. I, I hope they take all the time they need to yeah, create same. a good game. I uh, I will play it when it comes out. And if that's next month, I will play it next month. And if that's next year, I will play it next year. I am not worried at all. Exactly. No, I agree entirely that they can take their time, as much time as needed, to make sure they iron out all the bugs and everything and make it as good as possible. So Don't go crunching, people. Don't crunch. No, hope, yes. hopefully Revolution don't do that. They seem to be a, a good company. So, um, Okay, so now we can finally get to reviews. Um, so now before, uh, Laura, I know that you were going to talk about uh, Short Hike and uh, other games as well, but I played a game called uh, Night Fisherman, which was part of this bundle we spoke about. It's a very short 10-minute game. Uh, I don't want to say too much about the story because it's so short and because there are twists and turns in the game, but basically you play as a night fisherman and you meet a guy then coming on a boat who has a gun and you get talking to him and then, well, then you have to see, you know, you find out who he is and what he wants. And it it manages in 10 minutes to tell a story and it ratchets up the tension. It's from the developers of Ring of Fire, uh, the demo which we reviewed um, a few months ago. And so this game I really like. It's a simple game. It's a dialogue-driven game. And it's mainly telling the story now. It also deals with what we were talking about at the beginning. It deals with, you know, racism as well and that as well. And it managed to cover all of this within 10 minutes. And I would really encourage everyone to to play it. It is part from being part of this bundle. I believe you can get it for free on itch.io. Um, it's just 10, 15 minutes, but it's a really, really interesting game. And it'll definitely make you think about uh, well, the state of the world. <laughs> and it's a game that had a big effect on me. 
So um, I would definitely recommend the graphics look really good in it because this game was, I believe, made for a game jam that was made in, I don't know, in a, in a, I don't know, a day or a week or something. And one interesting thing about this game is during the conversation, during the dialogue, you could change the camera angles. And that actually comes into play in the game towards the end of that but it's just kind of nice that as they're talking you can just um just click a button and change the camera angles and you'd see more of the scene then as well so it's a really interesting premise and really interesting game that again what they managed to do in 10 minutes uh which is what more than a lot of games can make in 10 hours so it shows that there is a place for short games like these and these games can also have a lasting effect on players as well so i definitely recommend people check it out and so that's The Night Fisherman, which is available on itch.io. And um, so, Laura, you played um, two games. Well, you played Discolored as well, a game which three, well, you played I more. Play. Three. Uh, but two games that you play now, well, just just you this time. I've, I've played Discolored a few months ago, yeah. but you played that recently as well. So I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on this game. What did you What did you think about this game? Yeah, it's interesting. So I actually first started playing it on Apple Arcade on my iPad, but I actually found it quite difficult to play it on that. And I bought it on Steam instead to play on the PC because I found it quite difficult on the iPad to be like moving and looking around um, and it wasn't as fluid. And you do need to look around quite a lot on that game. Um, so as you've said, Shawshia has obviously played it and, and discussed it uh, before. So, I mean, if you if you haven't heard of it, it's basically the idea. It's kind of a puzzle um, game, a bit similar to things uh like i, I suppose Myth? what else would you, the, the wit yeah well no 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 <laughs> not, no that's not, not fair like the witness <laughs> so i think it's quite similar to the it reminded me a lot of the witness um but basically you're at this roadside diner and um all the color is gone um in the sort of world you're in you're stuck in this one scene you can't move it outside of, of this one space and you have to return the color by uh, solving these puzzles and it's all to do with like prisms and triangles and sort of picking up objects and doing different things to like make the color return uh, i liked how it kind of returns in stages so you've i think you first got green and then it's blue and then red and like taking away the color from one space might add it to another or things like that um yeah it's a very short game um i don't think it took more than like maybe like half an hour 40 minutes or something um and I mean, there are hint. There's a hint system on in game, which is always quite nice as well. Mm-hmm. If you're ever a bit stuck, you don't feel like you have to be looking at a walkthrough. It, I really like the concept. I like the I, the, the puzzles all based around color. I can't, to be honest, I just wanted a bit more. Like I, I enjoyed it. I wish they kind of built on it more and maybe made it a little bit longer. Um, but I really like the concept, and I know they're working. I think on a kind of sequel sequel to it because a lot of it had a really good reaction. Um, so, uh, hopefully that will like, be a bit lengthier and build on that concept more because they had a good idea there and I just would have liked to have seen a bit more of it. Yeah. There is, uh, there's no dialogue at all in the no, game. No, no dialogue. That's Rich. another thing. It's all, I mean, that's another thing actually. I really like the music because, um, yeah. that comes in at different points depending on the colors and things like that. So that was quite cool. And the part, the, the point, like a little bit actually, like we'll see with Gone Home, you unlock different parts of the house or the diner that you're in. Uh, as you go as you do different puzzles so that was quite cool like discovering different bits as you go along um yeah it's a nice game i would suggest don't play it on apple arcade uh because i i just found that too difficult to be like trying to look around with with my hand you know uh i suppose you could get like a, a mouse like a bluetooth mouse or something but um yeah i would say get it get it on the pc 
um or i think is it if it's on switch i'm not sure um but yeah no it was it was, it was good for like a little sort of if you want a little break between longer games that's kind of why i got it as like a shorter mm. thing to play but yeah i, I was interested yeah, it was it was cool, and I actually spoke to the developer Jason Godby, and he'll be appearing on this podcast uh, later this year, where he speaks more about the game, what he wanted to achieve uh, by telling a story without dialogue, yeah, and then some some plans that he may have in, in the future. Now, this interview was done a few months ago, and so yeah, he might be working on the on the sequel in the meantime but yeah hopefully because it does end on kind of a cliffhanger which yeah uh, that was the other thing it was a bit i was a bit like oh what what's this mean because it doesn't really explain and you're left to kind of be a bit like i don't know what's gone on here really but yeah i don't know if he talks about that more in the interview but um i'll be interested to see what he says yeah, he doesn't speak uh, about the ending of. Obviously, we don't give it give it away, but he does speak about the game itself and about the story and about uh, you know the gameplay then as well. And it it looked beautiful. I thought I consider it was one person making it. I thought especially when you change the colors in the game as well with the background and with the environment and also the atmosphere, which I mentioned in my review that I think it nailed the atmosphere. That it felt like you know Twilight Zoney or like yeah. Night Vale. Something watching you, yeah, yeah, like this kind of surreal uh, atmosphere. So, um, yeah, it's available on Steam at least and on Apple Arcade. But yeah, I can't imagine playing that game because with the way you move around the cursor, yeah, you've got to be looking uh, everywhere, and you can't. Yeah, I I mean, maybe it's better. I mean, obviously, Apple Arcade isn't just for the iPad. You can get it on different devices, Apple devices. But I found for the iPad, it didn't really fit. Right, um, which is a shame, but um, you know, if you've got maybe a, a separate mouse, it's it's probably yeah. I'd say you definitely need to use a mouse. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that is discolored. Now it is spelled the American way, uh, which I found out it's, <laughs> without a U uh, in it. So if you are searching for it on Steam, I will include links in the show notes as well. But um, yeah, so thank you, Laura. That is discolored. So. Now back again to Laura for the next <laughs> game. So, <laughs> I'm back so, again. Yeah, so you have uh, you are again our quest queen, and um, instead of going on a quest, uh, you went on more of a hike this time. There we go. Yeah. So it was a short hike. So uh, will it be a short review now? It's going to be short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. So you you play this game. I've heard a little bit of it. This game was also part of the bundle. Um, it seems like every game now part of the bundle, yes, which we mentioned yeah. on itch.io. But um, so what can you tell us about a short hike? Yeah, well, it's interesting. Another rev- review I was reading about this uh, calls it one part Animal Crossing, one part uh, Breath of the Wild, um, which is quite a mix um, of of games, really. But I kind of get where they're coming from. So basically, it's it's a very sort of brightly coloured three uh, D, uh oh, uh, game, uh, <laughs> and where you're in this set in this sort of animal world, um, and the, basically the basic concept is you are this little bird Claire who has gone to this like camp for the summer, uh, and she's with her aunt, and she needs to get phone signal, but because she's like out in the middle of nowhere, she can't. And her aunt says, if you go to the very top of this uh, mountain, there's some signal there. So the idea is you've got to go on this short hike up this mountain. Um, and it reminds me a bit of like Night in the Woods as well, because basically there's there's this end goal of you've got to climb up this mountain, but along the way there's like all these like 
um, sort of different animals that you meet along the way that you can have a chat with, you can catch up with. They've got little sort of side quests, like one of them has lost their camping permit, one of them's lost their watch, one of them wants you to like find 15 shells. And it's all said done in this kind of quirky, similar to Night in the Woods sort of comical style, like they're all kind of quite casually in like informal sort of language um and there's just like little bits to discover along the way i guess what they're trying to say with breath of the wild is you could just go basically you need it's got a bit of a platforming element because you need these golden feathers to increase your stamina which means you can climb a bit to the mountain when you get nearer the top it's like quite icy so uh, there's like an element where like bits your fre- your feathers like freeze so you, you need more feathers so you can climb higher so there's kind of that element of it and you find these feathers scattered around the world as you go along or if you do certain quests you might get them as well but it's still quite i mean it's probably about a two to three hour game i would say so it is you know doable within one session um if you want you could just climb to the top and it's like a pretty amazing thing when you do get up there um because they sort of encourage you to then jump off and you kind of swoop around the whole um area that you've just spent all this time climbing up um but yeah it's a it's really cute uh sort of feel to it as well again like with night in the woods like the people you sort of catch it's all kind of like a really good feeling like there's nothing horrible happening um and there's like just cool little secrets that you discover along the way you learn how to fish it, you, you pick up all these different things like you um unlock different items like a, a treasure map where you can like find new things uh and a shovel to like dig for these things and like i said a fishing rod and yeah you just complete little side quests and have fun there's like a little volleyballing section um so it's all quite good natured and fun really and i guess the the breath of the wild element is like oh you're uh you know you have to sort of do these platforming bits but it's got none of the kind of peril <laughs> of Zelda Breath of the Wild it's all quite you know good natured and there I did find the controls were like a little bit I, I had to like re rebind them basically because the, the ones that they suggested I was a bit like oh I can't be like running and jumping and also like walking on a keyboard um it probably if you've got a gamepad it, it'd be easier doing that but once I'd done that and got that out of the way then it was pretty sort of easy to play and yeah it's just like I think uh in Edge's recent um compendium of feel-good games which they did like for during lockdown they did like a list of games that if you want to get away from this all and just feel good um you know these are the games you can play and they included that on the list and I think a lot of people have included it as a kind of nice natural game that's just kind of fun to play nothing really bad is going to happen it's all quite cheery and humorous um and the soundtrack too is really good it's there's got this kind of cool ambient soundtrack where You'll be wandering along, along and then the sort of like bass of, of uh, the song will play and then like the guitar strings will kick in if you go a bit further along into the forest. So it kind of builds up and up until you get the full track, basically. And there's like a couple of different songs in there. Um, and as I said, it's, it's only like about two two to three hours, depending how much if you want to complete every quest. I don't think I, I got like most of the things out of it that I wanted to. There's like... You could do races as well with some of the characters. So yeah, it's it's a lovely world. It's very quaint, but um, there's there's a lot to discover um, as much as you want to really, and it's just a nice break from everything. I would say. Nice, yeah. I mean, it's nice to go on a hike at least in yeah. the game because and it's... you do get that feeling because like there's all the, there's there are different parts. So it starts off you're by the beach and then builds up and it's all kind of wooded and foresty and then as you get higher up it's all icy. So there are different elements to it as well. Nice. Well um 
Yeah, no, I mean, as I said, depending on where you are in the world, it's, you know, we're still at home, we're still in lockdown. So it's nice. It, and I think it's nice just to have a nice positive game where yeah, bad things everyone's don't nice happen. to each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everyone's just like, hey, how are you doing? And just like really happy to, and like when you play this volleyball game, they were like, wow, you're awesome. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yay. <laughs> I, I, th- I think we need that, you know, yeah. because it, it's, be, it's, as we were saying, it's been a rough year so i think yeah. when was the last time... time you played volleyball well yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i've never been complimented on it before so. <laughs> yeah me playing volleyball or water polo or we haven't done that at least not in ireland not in a long time yeah, yeah. um but no it sounds nice i'm just seeing the screenshots and the videos it looks really nice actually yeah, it's um, you know, there's a lot. It's sort of, I mean, it looks in simple, a way like lo-fi. Graphics, yeah, but yeah, but still, it looks really looks nice. Very colourful. Yes, yes, that's it. Um, okay, and is that available on Steam? Yes, it's on Steam. I think I played it. It was actually free a while back on the Epic Game Store, so I played it on that. But it is okay. available on Steam as well, and and on the Epic Game Store then, obviously, yeah. as well. Okay, so you can get it on itch.io, Epic Games, or Steam. Um, so that is a short hike. So. Well, thank you, Laura. So uh, now we're going back down to... <laughs> it's not just <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so from your hike, then, uh, you will probably have gone home. So. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> we're also getting to the end of the episode, so we should be going home then as well. Okay, now the first one works Stop, better. Stop, why not? <laughs> you can't just... <laughs> It doesn't I, I'm trying to I'm trying to fit the title of the games into the segue. I know. So, <laughs> I, I know I, what I'm trying to do, <laughs> but it's not working, says he. <laughs> not really, no. No. Okay. Well, you know, I, I was up, you know, a long time trying to come up with these segues, but see if you guys can do better. For you next have to time. stay up longer then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, here's a game now that uh, three of us played, which is Gone Home. Now, it's not a new game by any means. It was released in 2013, I believe, yeah. uh, originally. It's um, Yeah, so this was, uh, I believe this was the first of what is called Walking Simulator, what to become uh, called an exploration game with basically no puzzles. Um, and so the three of us basically had a chance to play. I believe we got it was we got it free on the Epic Store, but it's also available on Steam as well. Um, but Thomas, uh, what can you tell us about this game? So what's the setup of this game? You you, you asking like it's like like this is some kind of test? Like tell me. <laughs> well, see if you remember. Come on, Thomas, can you remember what happened? Um, well, in this game, uh, you are a girl who returns home from a European trip. And she finds um, in, into she goes home to a house that she hasn't lived in yet, uh, because um, her parents and her sister moved to this house. It takes place in Oregon, um, in the vicinity of, of Portland, somewhere I think. And she arrives home, and nobody's home. It's a house she has never been in, uh, she's never been to, uh, that they inherited from her uncle, and. She only she, it starts with her finding a note pinned to the front door, say from her sister saying she's gone, she's not coming back. The whole goal is basically just to find out what the hell is is going on. 
it's it's raining like crazy and thunder and everything outside so uh you really want to uh get inside and it's it's a kind of a creepy atmosphere so you start um you can, so you come home and this is this is not a house this is a mansion so it's yeah huge, you, you, yeah you come in this hallway there's this staircase and this is uh, 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 doors here and there. Some of them are locked. Um, there are um, uh, you can open drawers, and you start finding things that point you in the right direction. And you start finding more and more things. The more rooms you you come across, you find um, uh, journal. You get journal entries, and you find uh, postcards. And the more you find the closer you come to finding out what has happened with your sister and why there is no one in the house. And uh, it it's it's very interesting um, because you're, yeah, it's not like you're, you're, you're fighting monsters or anything because you, you, you don't come across anyone in this game. Uh, but yeah, you're basically just following the breadcrumbs and um, it's, it's got quite a creepy atmosphere, I might add. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I agree. That surprised me, actually. <laughs> yeah. Fight it. Well, so I was playing it first, but like an hour or so before you guys. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I've forgotten how creepy this game is. And you were like, oh, you know, it doesn't sound that bad. But like, it is. There, especially, I think, in the first half when you don't really know much of the story. It's also, just. Um, yeah. Also, yeah. because you have no idea what kind of game it is. Yeah. And let's not spoil. kind no. of what what does happen but um yeah i think they they did well with it like the sound effects as you say like the the storm outside and there's also just like it sounds like there's somebody else in the house sometimes like mm. the, just the yeah, sounds uh, of the house it yeah. weirdly like creaking i've played resident evil 7 when you're like wandering around that house and there's like the baker family trying to kill you and that reminded me a bit of that sometimes like this big old empty mansion you're wandering around like they did well to freak you out quite well yeah it's from the developers of uh, the bioshock series at least they worked on bioshock ah, as well so um but yeah it it definitely was really creepy when you're just exploring this well what seems to be an empty house and uh and the, the story i have to say that uh, i was really engaged in it because i you know you want to know what happened to your sister like the the first thing that you see is a note that thomas mentioned from your sister saying don't come looking for me don't tell mom and dad uh you know if you do find out where i am don't tell mom and dad where i am but you know just <laughs> don't come don't come after me um so and then you also like where are your parents why is there nobody at home yeah and um, you have all these, you know, boxes that are there. So obviously people seem to be moving out, but it seems that, you know, that uh, people just maybe I don't have to left in a hurry. Mm. Uh, but then there's some things that are a bit off. You know, there's some doors that are locked that you're like, oh, what's down here? And you're always this kind of like a feeling of dread that when you explore, when you go into another room, like the, the basement is locked and you're like, I'm not sure I want to find out what's down here. <laughs> or like when a light breaks or something. Yeah, oh, like, oh. That, that freaked me out. It, yeah. <laughs> and then even when, uh, I don't think this is a spoiler, but you know the room when the television is on? When yes, it's the television it's just, is creepy as hell. <laughs> yeah, and also with, they're giving weather warnings because of this big massive storm coming. And you're like, well, where is my sister? Where is my, where are my parents during this storm? You know, what, what has happened here? And, um, and I think the way that the game, the story was told as well, uh, I think it was 
No, I mean, I, I like the fact that it was a story exploration game where you don't need to worry about combat or puzzles in this game. Now, I can understand it might not be for everyone because if you want, um, if you want puzzles, then I can, you know, people might be disappointed with it. Although you it, still. Uh, had some puzzles to well, <laughs> contend with, didn't you, Georgia? This is the new one. This is... So there was it was it was so funny because Laura had finished it and I was close to finishing it, and then yeah. all of a sudden we get this text message: "There were supposed to be no puzzles in this game." <laughs> I mean, and I, there aren't really. We knew exactly what it was. Yeah, this actually brings me to my next one because the one not criticism of such but i mean it is a very dark game it is very dark even when we turn the lights on and it's very easy to miss things it's very easy to miss hotspots yeah that's true and that that, that's exactly what happened to me because i was in this room i had clicked on what i thought were all the hotspots and it turns out the most important hotspot was the one hotspot i did not click on (laughs) which i missed in the room and so then i was not able to I mean, I was able to progress, but I wasn't able to see this part of the of the game um, without giving anything away. And so that was really where, you know, why I wasn't able to to see that thing. And um, now it, it is more realistic, but compared to, say, something like Drogon, uh, you, you played that, didn't you, Laura? Yes, you played yeah, that did, last yeah. year. So Drogon, I didn't find that had the same issues really i I found out i was able to explore everything that everything seemed to be clearer in drogan uh than in this game but i think i don't know like i did find it so i don't know i I can't true it could be me i mean i i know that i'm not i think you were unfortunate right yeah because i was right there (laughs) yeah i think it was unfortunate that you missed that one Um, Uh, but i agree there are a lot of things in it but that's why i was saying to you before you're playing look everywhere because it's yes. just a, there are a lot of things yeah i kind of like that that it, it, yeah i, I like that in the sense as well they can just nothing explore. felt like superfluous everything felt like it was there for right. a purpose and told another little bit of the story right exactly and um no i mean i i did really enjoy you also hear some audio journals uh from your sister through your game as you explore the house and you find out more and i i really loved how the story was told like little by little you as thomas mentioned you get some breadcrumbs in in a way uh well metaphorical breadcrumbs and you learn more and more about the story little by little that it's not just one big info dump or exposition <laughs> dump that and you learn through the environment you know it's not just told to you that you're told you see through the environment and through exploring the house um what happened and they're kind of two stories you know what happened to your sister and then something else which can be missed which was what i nearly missed you know this uh, side plot which is actually very subtle mm, um, which, I actually, which i didn't realize because also later on i didn't see this another object which would have explained the side plot more um, but it's, uh, I mean, it's definitely a game to get people talking as well. And I think it's also relevant maybe for the, 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 the times we live in without, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I was kind of not spoiled, but I was kind of told, I kind of read about the topic of the game before playing it. Um, so, and I didn't ruin it at all on me. Um, but it was, and then there, the developers have included in the setting, so you can, uh, have all doors unlocked from the start and all the lights turned on at the start and you can include a developer commentary as well so this is probably if you've already played the game and um, there's also a very nice easter egg which i showed to you guys <laughs> remember that? i didn't 
get this, but it was it was very funny. Yes, we won't. I guess we won't won't spoil it now. But it was quite well, a weird Easter egg. <laughs> yeah, this kind of seems like I don't know if many people would get it. No, but um, and I think that's why developers included it, just kind of like as a, as a joke as well but um yeah also it's not a terribly long game it took uh how long did it take was it it took me 100 hours 170 minutes yeah yes yeah i think it took me and, and i had some uh, technical issues so i had to restart uh, two times oh yeah i kept crashing on you weird yeah my, com- my computer was acting up so oh that's a that's a shame no i didn't have any technical issues at all with it and um, as I said, the, the graphics as well are really nice, really clear, apart from, you know, the hotspots, which I mentioned. But it's very clear when you're exploring, you know, the house, the, the bedrooms. Oh, that, that hotspot was only not clear to you, uh, sir. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. It's the, that's not the game's issue there. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying it's me then? We both got it, I think. Yeah, it's no. 100% you. <laughs> okay, okay. But Fair enough. I can't blame the game for that. <laughs> The game was terrible because of it. <laughs> this is why it's good to have a collection of reviews. Yes, yes. No, no. I mean, I, I, I am kidding. It's um, but no. I thought that everything was was very clear. That mm. um, the the graphics. I thought they looked really, really good, and especially you know, And also, it was funny when you know when you can pick up objects. What you were saying that at first, at least, I was putting the objects back down. And what did you do, Laura? <laughs> Just throw them around. <laughs> I was like, wee! <laughs> I put some of them back. If I was like, oh, these look important. Like, I don't want to lose them. But others, I was just like, whoa! Yeah, but it's also because I had no any knowledge about this game when I started it. And I had no idea if any of these objects were going to be useful or not. You know, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm with that old school adventure gamer's mm. mind. Is yeah. You pick up everything. You <laughs> right. stuff everything in your pocket. But that's not possible here. No, because <laughs> the only no. thing that that the game automatically s- keeps for you are keys. Yeah, so. like we, we have to put it back. No, I just <laughs> want to put it in my bottomless pocket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, it is very realistic that way. And also, um, I think I showed you the video as well. It is possible to finish this in less than a minute. Yeah, but that's <laughs> yeah. cheating. That's cheating. I mean, you have to know exactly where to look and what to do. Um, so I think it's only possible to do that. Maybe yeah, you're basically skipping the entire story if you do. Yeah, that. exactly. No there's, there's no point in it. So it wouldn't, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't help people to do it, but no. it, it is possible. Which it's is, quite fun to do it after the fact, I guess. After you, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I I really enjoy. I think that all three of us really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah I, what I, mean, I what I really liked here as as well was that up right up until the end, you still have no idea what kind of game it is. Right, and yes. it, that's done brilliantly. It is very well written. Uh, I, I really, really, really enjoyed this game, and thank you, Laura, for uh, recommending it because, yes. uh, uh, yeah, it, it was it was a, a lot of fun to play, despite it being quite creepy at times. Yeah, I agree. I think it, yeah, it definitely keeps you guessing. Um, you, you know, you just really not sure which. I mean, I played it before, and I was still a bit. I couldn't quite remember. I was like, oh, I, you know, what does happen here? How? Um, but yeah, as you say, really good environmental storytelling. You know, there's excellent bits. You know, like you find out the name. I, you know, I won't give too much away of this uh, ranger that like comes to sort of work with the mum, and then there's yeah. like little tidbits about what goes on there, and you don't have to find that element of the story at all. But like, um, it, you know, you just pick up little things, little letters that people have sent, and it, the way uh, you know it's really difficult to to tell a story through through that and to like build up that kind of world without 
You know, you never meet a character in that game, but you feel that you do. Yeah. Um, and I have to say as well, another thing is the the voice acting is great of your sister that who tell who sort of speaks the journals, um, who re, you know, reads out the journals um, as you sort of find them throughout the house or find the things that sort of mm. um, trigger that. Uh, I th- I just thought her yeah the way she sort of told each little bit of the journal you really believed what was what was being said and her life. Um, I just thought that was a really good element of it because y- you know if that had gone wrong if you'd got someone else that didn't you couldn't quite believe i don't think you'd have bought, bought into the story as much no right no. and uh, it's, a, it's the same actor as well who plays the two sisters oh is it both i thought it was yeah. different people no it's, it's the same so again that tells you how good it how good she was yeah. <laughs> didn't realize i guess you don't really hear your character that much right but, yeah. yeah it's mainly the sister but as you mentioned there's great character development for basically no other characters that are on screen and we oh. find out about the sister and about the father as well you know he goes through, he goes on a journey we, yeah. we find out there's character development of him just by seeing objects just by reading yeah. letters because he's or by finding finding objects under other objects yes and then <laughs> yeah. and then having that object uh, be a foreshadowing of something else that's happening later in the game. It's exactly. really well done. This game is and, really well done. And and I don't know about you guys, but I was I was kind of like wanting to read the books that he was writing. I know they're cheesy, yeah. that they're, but I was like, oh, that they, those look interesting. They sounded fun. One... <laughs> yeah, they did sound quite fun. <laughs> they did sound like fun books. Like, I like, mean, they, they... like books that would now spawn a multi-million dollar movie franchise. Yeah. And uh, it's, I mean, but then you hear, like, you when you read letters, you know, about the, you know, the father then as well, and to the, to your father, and uh, you find out more about about him as well, just through these letters and just through the environment. So it was really, really well done. I really, really enjoyed it. And you can play like what we did. We played in an afternoon on a Sunday afternoon. Actually, the, the best time to play it would be is if there's. Wherever people are, if there is a particular storm or if it's yeah. raining, <laughs> can you imagine playing it then? If it's <laughs> basically every day in Ireland, so oh, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, lately, yeah, but yeah, that would be kind of just if you have a, like a lazy Sunday afternoon that you want something to play, and um, and just play something. You know, I would definitely recommend Gone Home, and I think we all would. Uh, it's absolutely, uh, it's definitely. And uh, no, this this has spawned a subgenre as well because since then there have been many games like this. You know, What Remains of Edith Finch, I believe, and The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, and I mentioned Drogan, and uh, is everybody's gone to the Rapture as well. Mm. I haven't Eraser. played. Yes, um, all of these uh, kinds of games that, um, and I have bought the Suicide of Rachel Foster, which I want to play as well, and just uh, compare that as well and. Um, so it has it has sparked off its own subgenre of games, um, and clearly there is a, a market for it. And I know that it's not everyone's cup of tea. That I know some people have been dismissive of it. You know, call it walking simulator. But I mean, I don't. I wouldn't want every game to be like this. But I think it, it's great. You know, just if you want to sit back and relax yeah, but it and focus works on the for story. the game. Yeah, exactly. Like I think the game would not work if this was a shooter or whatever, or even if it was a even if yeah, or if it was an old school uh, adventure game, because it would all take away from the uh, experiencing the story, and the fact that you get so many things um, that you encounter, so many objects or uh, things along the way that at first might throw you off, but with hindsight make complete sense. 
and they mm. managed to yeah it's just it's just a really well done game that's mm. that's all and I can and do. It, it's paced perfectly as well yes. you know if it yeah. was much longer you'd start getting a bit Absolutely. bored um but there's there's enough intrigue that and it just ends at, at the right time yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and I said just to just to explore the house itself. It was it was really nice as well. It was you know just a best, perfect game to play in one sitting, and it still yeah. you know have a lasting effect on you as well. Um, so yeah, so I think we'd all definitely recommend Gone Home. And did you play? Was it? Did they make? Was it Chacoma as well? Is that the same company? They did. I've not. I, I haven't played that actually. But uh, have like, you no, played I, it, Thomas? I did you like play to... which one? Chacoma. To, I think it's Tacoma. Tacoma. Let me have a look. <laughs> it doesn't I, ring I, a bell. I, I know which one you mean. I, but. I, I thought, Thomas, you'd played it, but no, if you hadn't, maybe I'm just making it up. But Well, I have well, played a lot, really but that name doesn't ring a bell at the moment. So, But yeah, I'm really, really curious. I'd really like to try that game out now. So, um, so yeah. yeah so, Tacoma, sorry. Tacoma. Tacoma, yeah. Uh, no, I haven't played it, but I think... Uh, I think it's I think similar. It it's set, set aboard a space station. And it's more like an sounds like something I play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's you you're exploring the stations, how the stations crew lived and worked, so and finding clues that add up to what happened. So again, very kind of, it's gone yeah. home in space, basically. It sounds like, <laughs> but that's no no bad thing. <laughs> no, I'm very curious to try it out now. So yeah, um, so that is then gone home. Dear Katie, so much has changed. I used to tell you everything. And if I can't do it in person, I'll tell it to this journal. Just like I was talking to you. We moved into this house. I'm in a new school. It doesn't feel real. But I'm not gonna let it phase me. I'm so sorry that I can't tell you all this myself. I hope as you read this journal that you'll understand why I had to do what I did. Don't be worried, okay? We'll see each other again. Someday. And I think we would definitely recommend it so you can get it on on Steam and on Epic Games. And I don't think it's on... I mean, it's, it's, I think it's available for consoles as well, um, if I remember correctly. Would be, this game would be perfectly playable for consoles. So that was Gone Home, and now it's probably time for us to go home. So. Oh, well, we are home. Yay! Yay. We made it! <laughs> and, should, and should you be listening to us from the past, yes, we are still in the pandemic area, era. Yeah. From the so we are all... Uh, from the future, sorry. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> my 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 brain is fried. Sorry. Oh, I could be listening from the past. It would be awesome yeah, if you could, if you could listen be... from the past. Well, that'd be weird. And uh, well, I think on on that note, now I just want to mention as well. Um, uh, we are on Patreon. If people want to help support us this is a very independent podcast we pay for everything ourselves you know for the website and everything and for the equipment so if anybody wants to help support us they can check it out on patreon.com and then you get a few extras as well depending on the tiers so you get episodes that are out um so you get early access to episodes 
And then sometimes you get some extra episodes or some spoiler episodes with developers of games. So there some spoiler uh, interviews that I did with James Dearden, with the developer of uh, Whispers of a Machine and with Augustine Cordes for Scratches, amongst others. And coming up will be a spoiler special with the developers of Interrogation, which was really interesting. Oh, cool. And uh, a couple of other things as well. So you also hear some... Anytime there are announcements or anything, you guys will be the first to hear on Patreon. So thank you to all the current Patreon subscribers. And Twitter. You can follow and us on Twitter. Yes. So social media, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Discord. And and also join our Discord. Discord. Yes. Yes. We're at least the three of us are active there, but it has, been, <laughs> it has become more people active. Are. Thank, you. thank you to the people there on Discord. We have some very nice discussions there. And um, also, I should say this more often as well, but as well, if you could to uh, leave a short review of uh, the podcast, if you wish, on Apple Podcasts and I believe other places as well. The link is in the show notes to ratethispodcast.com forward slash adventure games podcast. So you can even leave a rating and even leave a review. You can have uh, even just a one or two line review as well. It would really help the podcast. It would really help uh, visibility of the podcast. And help the developers who come on as well. So, um, yeah. So, are you guys playing anything now in particular? Yes. <laughs> well, oh, well you're playing about five games. You know what you're, what you're playing next? Well, I, f- I have. So next time I will have a quick chat around She Sees Red because I've just played that, um, which I did enjoy. Um, I'm actually just getting into Blade Runner um, bit with an older... <laughs> Much older adventure game, which I never played first time round. Oh, uh, I did. Yeah. Oh, I need to replay that. Yeah, I, I'm. <laughs> I'm. I'm thinking of replaying that as well. I, I bought it when it was uh, uh, when it came out on GOG. Yeah, same. So, yeah, yeah, that's why I thought I'd give it a go. So yeah, I'll probably give that a go. And then hey, let's see. Let's see, see what what, uh, what else I can get through. Oh, that's very nice. And you, Thomas? I am playing Hand of Glory. I just started that. I just only played for literally like five minutes because I was really tired this week. It was a tough week. Um, I was playing uh, Boreal Tales, but I hit a snafu there, so I need to uh, wait till that gets fixed for me. Um, so I'll continue with Hand of Glory, and uh, who knows what else will float my way in the next uh, next few weeks. Very nice. Well, I just finished playing yet another hero story which I'll be reviewing in more detail next time. And I also hoped I have started the last episode of Life is Strange, finally, before the Storm, before the storm prequel. So oh, I hope to on. finish that. It's, uh, it's uh, I mean, it's long enough every episode, about five hours. So I was trying to find a time to play that as well. And I'm also playing Disco Elysium, which I'm not going to go to detail Yay. here because we've spoken a lot about that. And we'll see what else I get a chance to play. So, um, So that is it for... This week, next week, I will be joined by Red Martyr Entertainment, who are developing Saint Kotar. So by the time this episode goes out, actually, the prologue for Saint Kolar, Saint Kotar, called Saint Kotar the Yellow Mask, will be out, and their Kickstarter will have started as well. I'm definitely backing it because I've been curious, been really interested anyway, but it's uh, it seems to be really nice, you know, horror vibes. So vibes of you know Gabriel Knight or Silent Hill. And from speaking with uh, the developer, it seems like this could be a really really good game. So I really want to help them as much as I can. 
and um, and they have some really good voice actors. They have uh, some A list talent. They have Happy Anderson, who is most famous on Manhunter, the TV series. Uh, he was on that. So next week you'll hear from uh, my from my interview with the developer of Saint Kotar. So and we will be back then in two weeks, the three of us. So um, until then, uh, hope everyone stays well, stays safe. So yeah, yeah, and keep on questioning, you guys. Look after yourselves. If you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a Adventure Game developer or Adventure Game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you Thank mm-hmm. you.